0: Understanding the laws that surround the sex industry and trafficking is what actually sent me over the edge from anti-trafficking work to sex workers' rights work because the laws in the United States are absolutely beyond insane and illogical. They don't make any sense. So today is going to be that journey. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Whores Do It Best, a business podcast. My name is Jess Rich, and in these first 12 episodes, we are going on a journey. The journey that I went through going from a conservative evangelical Christian to whatever the hell I am now someone who believes in love and logic and human rights for all people. We should not be scared to go to work. We should not have danger within our work. And that is what we're gonna get into today because my experiences both being trafficked and as a sex worker, law enforcement treated me the same way. I want you to ponder that for a second because the the law enforcement did not know the difference. Uh, They didn't know whether I was trafficked. They didn't know if I was an independent sex worker. They didn't even know how old I was because I was living under a false name. So, like, they're only capable of working with the information they know, but they're coming to the table with such assumptions that they're just completely missing the freaking point. So one of my problems with the laws the way they're set up right now is that there are things that are violent that are already illegal. So what is illegal is rape, murder, assault, like these things that we don't want to have happen to us and yet if you are in the sex industry, you can't report those things because then you would be exposing yourself um, as a criminal. And that's really the essence of the problem is that people who are selling sex, regardless of the reason, are on the side of the law, the illegal side most of the time, or the severely stigmatized side, That means when something violent happens, they don't have access to law enforcement, which is part of why people in the industry are absolutely brilliant, because they've had to learn how to navigate life without access to law enforcement. And I think about how this has played out in my 20 years of not being in the sex industry. And it means that I'm really just more likely to intervene on my own or do or say something on my own and handle situations because I don't have this belief that when I call law enforcement that they will be helpful to me. And I know that may just seem crazy, but they they just haven't proven to be helpful in my life. This started in my youth, like while I was being trafficked. It's so normal for someone of my privilege, like the way I look. And then I was, you know, young, skinny, and blonde. And um, now I'm just a little bit older. <laughs> But um, I would be able to trade like blowjobs or services of some sort to not have to go to jail that night, which meant I did a few things for free just to avoid consequences. And that is a really normal experience, especially for someone who um, looks like me. It, it that that's normal. If I were doing more drugs, if I were in a lower class, I don't know how else to say that. Like if I had less privilege, but like classism exists. If I were in a different demographic, then they might have just hauled me to jail, or they would have been really rough with me, or really violent with me. Um, there's a lot of ugliness that happens because. Where do you report? It's really hard to go to law enforcement and say, hey, yeah, I was working the track and this dude raped me and stole my money. It You don't have those options. So in my book, there is this one section where um, it's a bit of humor. I wrote this piece that I thought was freaking hysterical because you, you don't really understand how ludicrous the system is until you remove the stigma of sex from it. Because, and like, keep, we're going to go into children and adults and like all the different types of people, but it's really the stigma of the fact that we're just selling sex So we're gonna talk about selling oranges instead of selling sex because there's so much stigma around sex. It just, it doesn't work. We have to think of it an entirely different way. So the criminalization of selling oranges, this is what we're currently living in in the United States. So I have oranges. As long as my oranges are fully matured, I can give my oranges away. I can show adults my oranges oranges online and they can admire my beautiful oranges. I can do whatever I want really with my mature oranges, as long as I don't sell my oranges. So I can give them to anyone as long as they're mature. I can post photos and videos of my oranges and I can sell the photos and images. As long as you're not buying my actual oranges. But if I decide to sell my oranges, that's illegal. If someone buys my oranges, that's illegal. If someone profits or benefits, like my children or my landlord, um, if they profit from the sale of my oranges, then that is illegal. And if I choose to sell my oranges or if someone forces me to sell my oranges, then I am a criminal. And odds are I'm gonna rack up a criminal record pretty freaking fast. Now, if someone steals my oranges, I can't have the protection of law enforcement because I'm a criminal. And if someone throws my oranges on the ground and smashes them, I can't have the protection of law enforcement. If some kind of crazy psychopathic killer like come and this lumberjack just slaughters my entire orange grove, all that I've built, killing everything... Uh, They might not even be charged because I was selling my oranges. Now, I'm also unable to report any of this or even if I see it happening because I'm selling my oranges. So essentially, the hands of justice are completely tied. And I am unable to, like, really protect my oranges or my trees or others who sell oranges because I am a criminal. Regardless of why I'm selling my oranges, so that's what we have in the U.S. Now, legalization of selling oranges is like the Nordic model or the Swedish model or um, some of what we have here in Nevada. So I'm free to sell my mature oranges. Like yay! I I have this freedom, which puts me on the right side of the law halfway, um, but. You can't buy my oranges because that is illegal. And when I legally sell my oranges, cops like law enforcement like can like wait around the corner from my fruit stand and they can arrest my buyers who are leaving my establishment. It And then that actually makes it way more difficult for me to actually sell my oranges because cops are like right there waiting for you. Right. Um. And then if I pay rent with money from actually selling my oranges, um, they, then the landlord is now profiting from it. And that doesn't work. You're, that's illegal. Um, so if pay rent, yep. um, if I hire someone, oh, to help me protect my oranges, that's illegal. And if I decide I want to, like, do a co-op, and maybe a bunch of us who are all selling our oranges, we work together and protect each other because we work together, um, that's illegal. So I have to work alone, without protection, with the cops around the corner, not ready to help me but arrest my buyers. That's the Nordic model. So... Now, if I sell my children to provide for my children, I may be deemed an unfit parent and lose custody of my children. If I see someone being, if I see someone being forced to sell oranges or smashing oranges, stealing oranges, I'm not inclined to report because law enforcement will just harass me more. And I may not have access Um, If I'm poor, like I might not have access to the protective barriers or insecticides um, that protect my orange grove because resources are sometimes hard to find. So legalizing the selling of oranges doesn't make my life any safer because my buyers are still criminalized. So um, what we have in Nevada is like selling oranges with a twist of lime. Like, I can sell my oranges and you can buy my oranges, but only in specific areas. And then I have to submit my oranges to really specific testing. And when the local authorities decide that I am deemed worthy to sell my oranges, then, um, then that's okay. But because of all the restrictions, only certain people are able to gain access to that, which means those fruit stands where it's legal to buy and sell oranges are like really ran by um, the elite. And so that necessarily doesn't work either because the people who are just needing to engage in selling their oranges don't have access. And so the elite are controlling it. That's a whole new level of fucked up. The whole system is really fucked up. It's like a halfway there. It's really a half pregnant type situation. You can't like... How can you sell anything if your buyers are criminalized? It doesn't make a damn bit of sense. So there's also a decriminalization model, which is like the New Zealand model. They've been doing it for the longest, um, and it's been damn near right around 20 years that New Zealand decriminalized the selling of oranges. So I can sell my mature oranges um, sex. We're talking about selling sex here. Um, I can sell my mature oranges and you can buy my oranges. But it's a, And it's a business agreement handled above the law. If I see someone being forced to sell oranges, I'm free to report without repercussions. If an ethical orange buyer wrap your head around that for a second, an ethical orange buyer sees someone being forced to sell oranges, they're free to report without fear of repercussions. So now even the buyers can report, which is pretty damn cool. And if my oranges are stolen or harmed, I am free to report without fear of repercussions. Now in addition, when whatever area provides resources to assist me in either selling or deciding I wanna go pursue another profession outside of orange trees, then I can go and do that. If those resources are available, that's where this model has been proven to be super effective because there's resources. Remember, we got to go back to the systemic problems here of finances and time and freaking slavery to the system for the love of all things holy. Um, now, it just makes it so much easier because you're able to report. Now, with resources, it makes it extraordinarily better. Now, It would be even easier if you don't have a criminal record. Hello? How could you change professions if every time you went to change professions, they wouldn't let you because you have a criminal record from selling oranges? Like, it doesn't make sense. It locks you in the system. Now, I know what you're thinking. What if my children grow up and decide they want to sell oranges? Because that, to you, would be like the worst thing in the world. And that's okay. I was that person, too. Um, And so... What happens if I like make it okay, and then my children are like, yeah, I want to sell oranges Um, like you got to look at that. Let's do that. So this really isn't an issue of legislation because the people who are already buying and selling oranges are already buying and selling oranges. And so they just need a safer place to be able to buy and sell oranges oranges without law enforcement causing them more problems they need a sustainable way of life or they want to do it or they're being forced to do it um we just need law enforcement on the right side here so it's really an issue of parenting and the systemic issues that lead someone to wanting to buy and sell oranges because there's always going to be a percentage of people that just dream of growing up and selling oranges. And that needs to be okay. But the for the other people who would rather do something else if the resources were available, um, or if their childhood didn't leave them with such a deficit that they felt like they had to go do something. So if you don't want your children buying and selling oranges, then we have to teach um, business, finance, um, money, money, relationships how to human how to provide protect and understand who you are so and that's not really the job of the schools or the laws that's the job of the parents and so if you don't want your children to grow up and buy and sell oranges I suggest you teach them how to do other things And not shame people who do buy and sell oranges because they're already in it. And we don't know why. And so to me, governing, putting like my viewpoint on someone that in an industry that I don't even participate in that seems really crazy we probably just need to listen to the people who are in the industry and say hey what would work for you and when i did that what i discovered was um they were like hey um, maybe don't arrest us and maybe don't arrest our buyers and make our working condition condition safer and i was like damn that makes sense that makes sense that is essentially what sex workers' rights is. Like, just help us human or like, don't stop us from humaning the way we want to human. And when I understood that, I was like, why am I on the other side of the fence? This doesn't make any damn sense because y'all just want human rights? And wait, y'all are helping people who are trafficked? way more than other people because you can help them get away because you provide resources. Being a sex worker and not having a trafficker was hella empowering. And it was empowering because I was able to provide for myself. I put a roof over my head and food in my belly and I was able to go and do and live the life I wanted until I wanted something different. Had I not had that three-year bridge My life would have been entirely fucked. You might think it was fucked now. You have no idea what working at McDonald's would have done to my mindset. Those three years of sex work after being trafficked helped me reclaim my body. It helped me become a better me and understand my value and learn business and boundaries. Hello, boundaries, because you have to have boundaries with your clients. Otherwise, you're just going to really do fucked up things and you can't report it. It's not just the sex industry. It's also like every industry that requires labor. We have a problem with exploiting people globally. We think just because we can't see it being manufactured, it doesn't happen to us. Like then it doesn't exist. And we just keep on buying shit. Like when I look around my house, it's what it's full of. And it can get really overwhelming really, really quick. Because when you see how fucked up the world really is, and you see the pain in the world that everything we buy, everything we do, it's somewhere in that supply chain it leads back to exploiting people, that really hurts. And it feels hopeless, and you don't know what to do. You don't know how you could actually make an impact because you need stuff. So I'm gonna give you a few solutions. I didn't know this was gonna go there, but it really just is. There's some solutions for that, and one I reclaim and thrift and um create and craft so much of my stuff because it's fun and i love to i think that is a way that we could have impact with our daily consumerism but we're talking about the sex industry here and how ridiculous the laws are i want to point out that there was also another um set of laws that came about in 2018. SESTA, 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 FASTFA, good God. Um, It's a bunch of acronyms. And if you had any kind of a business that had anything to do with sex or sexuality, it didn't matter if you were a coach or a therapist or a clinician or um, you run a sex toy business, Anything that had to do with sex and sexuality got hit by these laws. And it basically, I'm going to sum it up. I'll put some links in the description so you can read more about it. But it basically meant that the websites, the platforms, whether it be Craigslist, Backpage, Facebook, it didn't matter what it was. Whatever website it is, it is responsible and liable for the people who are being posted on there, meaning that if someone, if a trafficked person was listed on Craigslist, Backpage, Facebook, any other place, that that platform is held liable for the actions of the users, which is the most stupid concept in the world because how on earth could craigslist be responsible for every post on a community platform that's what it is now there were regulations in place you couldn't just post random things like you had to have a credit card in there you had to like be verified to the best of their ability they probably could have done better but to make the platform actually liable for what the users do on the platform that doesn't even make any damn sense. And this has trickled all the way down to like Visa and MasterCard and merchant services processing money, which is why all the Bitcoin cryptocurrency is like the sex industry is the front runner for every single monetization system because they're pushed out of regular industries and they have the money to do it because they're selling a basic human need. So y'all, there's so much to learn from the sex industry. When you quit seeing it through the moralistic eyes of what society says about buying and selling sex, The industry is the front runner for technology and monetization, for working less and getting exactly what you want. And they've done so on the opposite side of the law, on the outside of the law. If you want to understand what it looks like, there's all these movements now, like defund the police, and people are talking about... um, a prison abolition. And these things are freaking awesome. And I think it's going to take more than reform. But if you want to know the solutions, if you look at the people who are in the industry creating solutions while not having access, it just makes sense to look at sex workers and the rights of sex workers and how can we make their lives safer and easier if they want to bridge into something else. But that something else better be damn good because the industry makes a shit ton of money. So y'all, thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I cannot wait to talk to you in just a couple days on the next episode of Whores Do It Best, a business podcast. My name is Jess Rich, and I just wish you a blessed and magnificent day. Bye y'all.